Welcome to Any Way You Want It. I'm your host, Kaylin McDuff. I'm an LA-based coach for women who want to create lives based on desire. Here on the show, we like to have real conversations about sex, relationships, and life through talks with everyday people, experts, friends, and everything in between, I give you a plethora of options, different relationship models, new mindsets, perspectives, and paradigms. Listen for what sounds interesting to you and follow that. This is just the beginning of you having a life designed entirely from the specificity of your desire. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Any Way You Want It. Um, I am completely delighted uh, to be joined by Sarah Schulting-Kranz today. Hi, Sarah. Hello. How are you? Uh, so good. And uh, cannot wait to see what wants to come out of this conversation today. <laughs> there will be a lot. There will be a lot. Um, I uh, so just to let my audience in, um, I met uh, Sarah. Excuse me, I met Sarah through um, one of my clients who saw her speak somewhere. I don't even remember what the full context was, um, but she reached out to me. She's like, "You have got to talk to Sarah. Like y'all are speaking the same language. You're totally in the same kind of work. Um, I just know that you're gonna love her." And, you know, I trust my clients. Right. But I'm always like, oh, I don't know. I'm curious. Let's see. And um, and Sarah and I recently just got on the phone to just, you know, say hello for a few minutes and and sort of feel out the synergy here. And, um, you know, our conversation wasn't long, but what I got from it was just um, how much deep wisdom you have, Sarah. Like, I just. You know, I just felt that. And that's how I make decisions about my podcast. I know you can relate to this. I'm just like, okay, what's the feeling in my body? Oh, this is a fuck. Yes. Like I am picking up what this woman is putting down. And so in that conversation, I think we, you know, we just sort of intentionally were like, okay, let's stop talking because we're, we want to actually save all of that juice for this conversation. I, you know, this is sort of one of my favorite ways to get to know people. Um, so that's sort of the, the background of how this all came to be. And I'm going to be recording an episode on Sarah's podcast as well. So we're doing a little swap through here, which is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Two, two for one deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just to let you in on, you know, who Sarah is in the world. Um, she is the author of walk through this harness, the healing pow- power, power, excuse me, of nature and travel the road to forgiveness. Um, she's the executive producer of walk through this, a story of starting over, Um, She has a TED talk on forgiveness and she leads men and women through healing journeys in the Grand Canyon. And I just, I love all of that. So thank you so much for your generosity and for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for that conversation that we had in the car. My son was in the back seat, if you remember. Yeah. We were going deep. We were talking about sex. We were talking, I mean, like everything. And he kind of kept looking up from his phone going like, mom, what, 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 what? 
you know, boys, <laughs> three sons. That's what happens. Totally. But you know, yeah. I, I gotta say like that, just being in that conversation with you, um, it was so expansive for me. I love being, you know, I, I desire to be a mom mm-hmm. and I just love um, seeing women like you who are so deep in your work and just so open and, and your mom, right. Your kids are yeah. like, great. Okay. This is, this is what our mom is up to. <laughs> what mom does, you know, and I, I do, I have three sons, 29, 19 and 14. And, um, yeah. they, I, I truly believe that as a mom that I am divorced. Um, and, uh, yeah. as a mom, I do believe that we hold this space where, we are so much more than what we even realize that we are. We are mentors for our sons and our daughters and for our children. And it goes even beyond that because their friends watch us as well. And so, you know, my door is always open to my kids, um, friends, and I think it's a really powerful place to be. And I freaking love it. I didn't ask to be in this space. It was a space that I stepped into because it was there and I knew it was my vision and my purpose. Mm. But here I am. So here you are, just being a mom, being open. And I, yeah, you feel like a total safe haven. Yeah. Well, there were so many times in my life where I didn't have any safety and, or I didn't feel like I had safety. And so I think safety is something that is so important in everything that we do. And bottom line, like we want to have intimate conversations and intimate relationships and intimate connections with people that we love. And we cannot do that if we do not have safety. And so for me, that's a bottom place for, for everything in my life. Mm, uh, yeah. I love that. You have to have that as a baseline mm-hmm. to, uh, to be able to fully open and expand. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, take us back. So you've been on quite a healing journey <laughs> that, that I know has like really inspired your work. Buckle up. <laughs> Listen, Sarah, I am ready for this. Uh, Yeah. Um, Yeah. So take us back, you know, sort of, um, where, where your journey began and, you know, however you like to sort of, uh, frame it. Um, cause I know, I know it's been a deep one. It has been a deep one. Yeah. Thanks. And you know, what's interesting is that I was just listening to one of your podcasts and we, they, I heard them talking about, Something about, um, you know, the, the the moments in your life that are most difficult and how we all have these dark moments, but that is also a space where we can grow so deeply, right? And I've had a few of them, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I'll, I'll back up and why this is also important. And the work that I'm doing today is um, I... And truly do buckle up. But if this if this gets any like triggering to anybody, just, you know, press pause and take a breath. Um, I was raped when I was 17, um, Mm -hmm. which is something that is so common for so many women, teens, girls. And um, what did happen out of that, though, um, was I ended up getting pregnant. And Mm -hmm. so um, I was born and raised in a very small village in the middle of the country in Wisconsin and like 1100 people, I think, back then. And so my story wasn't always believed by people. I tried to press charges. The police would not press charges. They said that I had insufficient evidence, even though I was pregnant. Um, And through that experience, I chose actually at 17 years old 
Um, even, even though my parents said to me, I was born and raised Catholic. And my parents said to me, if you want to abort the baby, you can abort. But I chose to keep my son. I chose to actually have him, but then I also chose to keep him. And all of this is in my book. Um, well, a lot of it is in, is in my book. Um, but that was a time and a place where people just, you know, the, the judgments that were placed on me were so big. Number one, for what happened. And then number two, for choosing to keep him. And the number three, for choosing to actually bring him home with me. And um, I felt when I was at that age that it was such an overwhelming, I had this overwhelming People ask me, why would you choose to keep him through such a horrific experience? But it wasn't for me, it wasn't about the experience when it came to the child. It came to, you know, when I was pregnant with him, I felt this overwhelming love and sensation within me that I can't explain. And so, you know, that was my decision. That was my factor. And I think for so many of us as women, especially today, we don't listen to our intuition. We don't listen to our heart. We, everything comes by the mind and we make decisions based on outward uh, thoughts. And we listen to so many other people and we don't listen enough to ourselves. And so at 17, that was my, that was my foundation of how I actually then came into where I am today. It was a time in my life where I truly understood believing in yourself before believing in anything else. And that, that, that was, it was, it was a time and a place though, too, where I think that it also taught me, um, the baseline of forgiveness, which is, um, what my book is about. And there was so many times, so many people through that experience that I had to forgive, right. If it was the people that didn't believe me, or if it was the court system, or if it was the police or whomever it was, a lot started back then. Um, when I was 18, I, I went to college, went to the UW Madison, Wisconsin, and um, graduated uh, in four years with a, with a degree that should have taken me five years. I was just, you know, pushing through and pushing through and pushing through for my, myself and my son. And um, it was really interesting because uh, that's also where I met my husband. My former husband was in college. And we, um, we met when I was at the UW Madison, and then we married uh, when I was young. I was only 21, um, fell madly, deeply in love with him. He was my best friend. And uh, fast forward to the age of 40, when I found out that he had been betraying me um, for 14 of our 17 years of marriage, and he was betraying me with men. And so he had this huge, deep struggle throughout his life that I knew nothing about. It was a complete double life. And you know, when I found out about that, what happened was that, and this is where our traumas can teach us, right? Or they can truly take us down. And when I was 40, I had this realization of my 17 year old self. I, I realized like I've been here before, right? And I knew at 17, how to get through this and how to believe in yourself and believe in your truth. Even if other people weren't listening to you or hearing you or believing you, right? And so at 40, I went back into that 17 year old self and and I knew like subconsciously, I knew that I was going to get through this as well. And um, backing up, as I was just going to mention too, at the age of 18, I knew that my story was going to be put into a book someday. I could never figure it out from the age of 18 all the way to freaking 40. Like why the hell, why the hell do like, why is my story? Like it's in me, but why is it not coming up to be told? Like you just know when you have this purpose or this vision or this passion and I couldn't figure it out. I was like, you know, I'd sit on my bed with my girlfriends and I'm like, I just feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. 
And then when all of this happened, I was like, oh, this is why I'm not doing, I have not written the book yet. It's because I still had to go through the story of my own life, right? And so here I am today, I'm 47. My trauma recovery through all of that has been very deep. I used nature as my healing tool and um, forgiveness was a massive practice that I put into play every day. And tonight I am gonna go watch my a basketball game with my ex-husband and my son and my niece. <laughs> so here we are, right? <laughs> and I think that I think that just coming full circle, it's um your story is so freaking important. And that's like the biggest thing that I have learned through all of this is the importance of a person's story and believing in yourself and having your own truth and just knowing that your truth matters. Nobody in this freaking world can take your truth. No one. So that's an, in a nutshell, but it's a very big nut. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so, yeah, I really, wow. I really, really appreciate you like just walking us through that. Um, cause it's, it's easy to look at a woman like you in the world and just think, oh yeah, like she's just like, this is oh, like kind of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, girlfriend. <laughs> oh, there was a lot that I had to go through to get to this place. Um, yeah, and I wouldn't and, change any of it. Right. Yeah. I really hear that. Yeah. Wow. What, um, what was like, if what was one of the moments, right? If you just look at all of the trauma, what was one of the moments when like you, you just wanted to give up? Oh, I was driving down the 405. I can remember this. Like it was yesterday. I couldn't eat when you're in deep trauma. It's very common that, you know, your body literally just like you, you there's so many things that, that are going through you. It's very difficult to eat. Um, numbing yourself becomes very, very um, common, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and you lose thoughts. You your mind races. You feel like you can't. You feel like you can't make sense of anything in the world. You can't sleep. You wake up at all hours of the day, and then all of a sudden you're exhausted. But I was driving down the 405, and I hadn't eaten. And I was going to my son's um, a water polo match. I was alone in the car, and I remember thinking to myself if I just slammed my car into the side of that, you know, into the side of the overpass, all of this pain will go away and I don't have to deal with anything. And at that same moment, it was like a split second, right? It was like the snap of your fingers. Like this can just all go away and I have a choice to make it all go away. And immediately my sons came back into my, into my thought and I, into you know, into my heart, I will say. And I thought there's no way, there's no way I can do that because I, I know that all of this is happening for me and a bigger reason, not to me in this moment. Right. Mm -hmm. And so just having that faith and believing that got me through that moment. But I'll tell you, I, um, I struggled. I had moments of very big struggle. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, wow. Thank you for sharing that. Hmm. So, um, I'd love to hear about how you started to like seek out resources. I know nature has been such a big part of your healing journey. Yeah. So yeah. Share a little bit about how you began. It's like when you're in that place, how do you even begin? Yeah. Well, 
And the person that you want to turn to is the person who hurts you most. Right. Right. And so that's the other thing that we seem to forget is that you're holding now a secret, you know, something and the person that you would love to go to and say, Hey, this happened. Comfort me. Let me sit in your arms is a person that actually you can't turn to. And, you know, for me, I went again, I went back to when I was 17, I would sit in cornfields and um, literally like I was an art major and I would draw and I would look at nature and I would study the, the, the really small details of everything around me. And I didn't know, here's what's interesting. I didn't know that that was healing me at the time, right? It took me until I was in my forties and actually going, okay. When a therapist um, said to me, I did have one therapist and she said to me, why she asked me, why is your journey happening so much faster than so many others? What are you doing that other people are not doing? And I told her, well, I'm going into nature. Like I grab my paddleboard and I'm going onto the ocean and I'm letting myself like cry this deep cry that most people don't let it come out. And I would, you know, take my paddle and I'd pound it on the water and get pissed. And I would scream to the, to like the, the air around me and to the wind. And it sounds really wild, but that was so healing for me because I wasn't, I wasn't stuffing my emotions in order to heal anything. You have to feel everything. Right. And so I was allowing it to actually come through me and I was explaining it to her. And I was saying, you know, I would literally talk to dolphins. Like I'm not joking. Dolphins and whales would come out of nowhere, which then when I started researching, it made sense because they're there for you to guide you and to protect you and to remind you of the power of play and the power of, I mean, there's so much behind it. Right. And so, and so once I would sit with them and talk to them or, and, and, you know, be, be with something so much larger than my pain. I literally was going through this healing process and it's somatic healing, but I didn't even know that that's what it was. Like I literally, until she asked me and I said, well, I'm just like going into nature, right? Like I'm going for a run. I'm playing with butterflies. I'm doing all the things. And then I started researching, researching it. And I'm like, holy shit. Like this is actually, there's a thing called nature healing. Like <laughs> what a thought. Who would have thought, right? And so then I started reading books, The Nature Fix by Florence Williams. I started, I started studying other people that use nature within what they're doing. And I realized, oh my God, like I seriously have something here. And so that's how my business came into play because I realized that when we can get out of our head, when we get out of the four walls that we stay in, mm. drop into our heart and go outside we no longer are a product of all of the things that hold us in our present, right? Mm -hmm. What we are doing is we are actually slowing our mind. We are slowing our thoughts. We're finding clarity and we're somatically healing our body from the trauma that is in us. It's really freaking phenomenal. Oh my gosh. This is, I just love this. I'm just getting this image of you, like, just like with the butterflies and the dolphins. I know. <laughs> and, right, and I really am. <laughs> of course. Like, of course. Of course. Feeling, but I love the way that it just, um, it just sort of organically wow. unfolded. And I think the piece about, uh, well, the thing you said, uh, I, I forget exactly how you framed it, but like, you have to feel everything in order to heal. Like, I really want to like, just put 17 exclamation points on that. 
you know, because I'm sure you get this in your work and I do too. When my clients come to me, it's like, there's a lot of fear mm-hmm. around all the stuff from the past. Right. And like, you actually have to have a full body experience of like moving through it and feeling it. Oh my God. Being in a canoe uh-huh. and like screaming in the middle of a lake. I mean, wow. You are just like up leveling all of my ideas about this. (laughs) I did it today, truly. But here's the thing. It's a daily practice for me. I take time Mm -hmm. every day, get my butt outside because healing also never ends. Not for any of us, not for any of us. It's a practice every day. Yeah. Oh, yep. You can say that again. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we can like use our wounds for, for Matt to create magic in the world like you've done, but it really requires like facing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. This is amazing. Well, so tell me, what did you start as you were researching? What did you start realizing and learning and sort of like coming to? <laughs> Well, I mean, there was all sorts of stuff. Let me tell you, first of all, that I'm not crazy. (laughs) I mean, literally, because I will tell you that, you know, I was in so much complex PTSD that there were people who thought I was nuts. And I'm like, first of all, I hate that. Like, I hate that term. I absolutely hate it. But I literally was called, quote, crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, look at me now. Like, give me a break. Right. And so, mm-hmm. and so it's uh, what I was realizing when I was studying it was that, you know, there, first of all, I didn't, I didn't understand what was happening in my brain. My mm-hmm. brain was literally going offline. Like I remember running down the street one day and I ran into a lamppost and I'm like, okay, well, I saw the lamppost. Why did I run into the lamppost? Well, my brain literally went offline in that moment that I ran into the lamppost. And so I know I have a scar. It was very, it was, it was quite humorous. Actually, I had to laugh about it because I'm like, of course this would freaking happen. Um, But what I realized was, so one of the things that people talk about is you feel most alive when you're in nature. Mm-hmm. And then if you've, if any of you have ever read the book, um, Bessel van der Kolk's book, um, uh, The Body Keeps the Score, he talks about how in order to get out of the story, we have to create new present moments where we feel most alive. And, uh-huh. And- Wait, oh my gosh, let's just like pause <laughs> to like, let everybody let that one sink in. That's brilliant. Actually say it one more time. I, I, I truly like, I can't even tell you, this is how I am when I'm, when I'm in, I'm like speaking, I'm, when I'm on stage or when I'm, I speak and then I'm like, what did I just say? Cause that was really good. Yeah. He talks about how, um, in order to, in order to, cause we sit in our story, right? Like that's what we do. <laughs> But we need to create uh, important, we need to create very memorable moments mm-hmm. in the present where we feel most alive. That's how we create new moments, right? And it, it, what's interesting is that then when you study people like Richard Louvre, he talks about how where we feel most alive is not indoors, where we feel most alive is actually out in nature. Mm-hmm. And so when I was studying all of this, and especially when I was writing my book, I'm like, holy, well, of course this is happening. Because, and and I do a lot of work around the heart. 
I really take people out of their head and I, and I get people into their heart, get people into their body, feeling the experience that they're in Mm -hmm. going back to that child within themselves that we have (laughs) set aside, unfortunately, for so many adults. And I want people to come back into the play, right? Because, because, you know, in play, we don't, we don't sit there worrying about stuff. We're not like, well, the what ifs or the shoulds in play, we actually are not even afraid to to fail. Right. And so when I'm, when I'm working with clients, I want people to drop into their heart and to feel most alive, to drop into their bodies and to really experience it. So we go outside to do that. Right. Which is why the Grand Canyon, when I guide people through the Grand Canyon, it works because you're sitting in so much on wonder. You are not attached to this outside world that we, for so many of us, are attached to. We're not attached to our traumas. We're not attached to the rape that happened at 17. We're not attached to the betrayal that I went through with my ex-husband. We are literally coming into self and coming into home, which is so freaking important because that's where we find ourselves. So. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, 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 yes to all of that. Wow. Well, what are, um, what are some of the, uh, practices, like as you, you know, you were sort of doing this research, right. Um, and then also just your own experience, I'd love to hear, you know, just some of the, the practices that you started developing, like for yourself. And and then also, I imagine that just like set the, the foundation for your clients too. Yeah. So I still do this. Like I said, I do this work every day, but then I also, every year, um, I set an intention. I'm going away for myself. I literally take a week out of my year. My kids know this. It's very important to me. And I really focus on me. Um, so that's my intention. I'm not a huge goal person. I don't know. I was at one time. I was at one time. I mean, Goals these days, either I, you know, I'm more in the like I just set intentions, and so yeah. and I talk about that in my book too. It's it's mm-hmm. I, it, that's my shift in the way that I operate in this world. Um, but I really take a week away, and usually it's on a trail for seven days, eight days. I was on the John Muir in August, September for 22 days. That was the biggest trip I've taken for myself. Mm-hmm. When I'm out there, though. I really am aware and I pay attention. So um, I manifest, I do a lot of manifesting. I take my bracelets. I have a certain uh, bracelet that I was using on um, the John Muir trail, for example. And I would, when I was feeling exhausted, hiking up a peak, I would literally meditate on every single one of the beads. And I would just give myself an affirmation. I am worthy of big love. I am worthy of big love. I am worthy of big love. And I would bring that into my, into my heart and into my inner self. Um, you don't have to go hike peaks for goodness sakes. You can go out and like lie on the grass and, you know, look up into the clouds and do it there. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and the other thing is meditating. I do a lot of meditating. It's very hard for me to sit still unless Mm -hmm. I am outside. And so I will, you know, lie on the sand or on my board. If I take my paddleboard out, I'll just sit on my paddleboard and just meditate close my eyes, maybe lie down on it and just breathe, feel my breath um, and really just connect to everything around us. Don't overcomplicate it. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was just interviewed for something yesterday and she's like, well, but like real like tools, tools. And I said, okay, I'm giving them to you right now. 
don't overcomplicate it. <laughs> we, we overcomplicate <laughs> nature. Don't overcomplicate nature. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. And I think that the most important thing for people to do is to open their senses, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. feel the breeze on your skin. What does it feel like? Ask yourself, like, what does this feel like right now? Mm-hmm. You know, touch, um, touch the, the leaves and really like study it. Um, hug a tree and see how it hugs back, right? And smell the rose and don't just smell it, but like take time and smell it. Mm-hmm. Or the, you know, I don't know, the blossoms, whatever you want to say. Um, watch a spider. I have had the most, um, and I talk about this all the time, but for, I don't know how many people do it, but like really watch a spider weave a web. Because let me tell you something, it is freaking fascinating watching a spider weave a web right? Like it's actually pretty fascinating. And that's why I always say, bring that child, like child within you back up with you as an adult, because as children, we took those moments Mm -hmm. and we didn't feel like it was selfish. Mm -hmm. We just did it because we thought that's what we were supposed to do. As adults, we take those moments and we think that we're being selfish when in reality, you are being so selfless because Mm -hmm. you're honoring yourself. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of healing in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, absolutely. How do you, um, support? Well, there's a couple of conversations here, right? There's the, yeah. just like, get yourself into nature. Like, <laughs> like, and, and no matter who you are. Right. And, and there's like the childlike play. I just like, love all of that. It's so, it's so simple. Um, and then there's another piece, right. Of your work, which is the, like, really get into your body, like really go there. And I'm curious to, to hear, um, just about how, you know, how you, how you work with people, right. When they are, when they have had a lot of trauma and, um, you know, they're in that place of like, almost like numbness, you know, I, I, like, I, I know for me, I, I, I didn't know how numb I was in my sex until I thawed out. <laughs> yeah. It's all correlated by the way. I do. Yeah. It's all, <laughs> it's all correlated, all correlated. So all what, correlated. how do you, um, how do you, yeah. How do you support people when they're like, I don't know, I feel numb, but there, I think well, there's there. I love this conversation so freaking much because literally, um, the topic of sex comes up, uh, <laughs> with so many of my clients, you yeah, know, it's, and it's, it's, it's something that because, well, and also because we, when you're in the Canyon, it's like when we're, when I'm guiding a group together, mm-hmm. normally it's an eclectic group, right? Like we, we typically have a very eclectic group of people. What happens though, is that because we're all so different, we um, automatically, it just happens the, 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 the magic of nature works and we don't see the differences. We see one another without judgment. And so there we see our similarities mm-hmm. and we are all human beings, right? Intimacy is a needed thing. And so when you've been betrayed or when you've, you know, experienced sexual assaults or when you've, you know, felt like um, people have used you. And so you automatically seem to put this guard up around you mm-hmm. when you are taking something like hiking movement and the spiritual space of nature and the coaching and the support and the connection of group, right. 
and the conversation and the meditation, and you put all of that into the mixing bowl, Mm. you can't stay numb. It's literally impossible to stay numb. You are, you are, and and I've I've seen this with every one of my clients, literally every one of my clients. I don't care who it is. I I took a 16 year old boy on, um, he was in my last, uh, on my last retreat and um, a young man. And he even said, he was like, dang, like this just, this stuff just, it works. And he, you know, what was cool is that he said to me, he said, I will never not use my voice. And if somebody wants to judge me, it's not on me. And I was like, dang, yes, thank you. Amen. Like this, this is the best. And, you know, but when you're asking about that, like, how do you get them into your, into their body? It's truly impossible to not get into your body at some point when you are going through something like that, because it's just a beautiful, magical mix of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, I love just, I, you know, I have this image of just like people and nature and connection and community. And at some point that's going to work, you know, work through work. you. I, I love that you use um, the power of community. Yes. Because there is something about really being like being seen and being witnessed that is so healing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, so true. And always, it's interesting how many times that I hear about the younger self coming forth, where it's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm tapping into when I was 10 years old and you know, this happened to me at 10, when we're in our coaching sessions on the trail, people will say stuff like this, like, you know, when I was 10 years old, this happened to me. And I completely forgot that this happened to me. And what I also do is I ask people hold that version of self very tenderly as you're taking these steps and bring them with you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so like, for me, I'll tell you that I didn't know that I had as many intimacy issues until I went through all of this with my ex-husband in terms of intimacy issues from when I was 17, there was so much that I hadn't healed, right? Like there was so much within me as a 17 year old girl where you're just used and you're abandoned and you're, you know, going through that experience of rape. And I didn't realize that I hadn't fully healed from it until I then hit my forties. And I'm like, holy moly, this is really crazy to think. Mm-hmm. And all of this is now coming forth. Yeah. When I stood on that TED Talk stage, though, and I tell everybody this, when I t- stood on that TED Talk, TED Talk stage, before I went on stage, I had a little conversation with her. And I said, okay, this is your, this is it. Like, this is your, this is your moment to speak your truth. And you're going to stand right there with me. And your voice is going to be heard. And guess what? If no one out there believes you, it doesn't matter. Because this is your stage. This is your stage. So, and I do, I wrote same within my book. When I was writing my book, I literally brought her up front with me. And I'm like, it is, this is your time because we have those versions of ourselves, right. That need, they still need healing and they always will. And it's okay. It's Mm. nothing to be ashamed of. Absolutely nothing to be ashamed of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and it's, um, this, this conversation is just such a good, um, reminder for me that 
we all we all have some form of healing doesn't mm-hmm. matter like who you are what you've been through and um and you know i know for me i i didn't go through something like rape right but i um i realized right at the age of like 32 how much shame i was carrying around around my sexuality just you know because of the all the messages that you receive in the world just from being born a woman yes <laughs> you know it's like hey, there wasn't there wasn't any like specific moment that i could like trace my trauma back to right but once i realized like oh my gosh my body is frozen mm-hmm. Right. Then it's like, whoa, okay, there's a whole floodgate. But I think, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, but I think there's a lot of people out there that have trauma who don't, who aren't really present to it and they're just numb. A thousand percent. Absolutely. Because of the stories that they're told or because of our past, because of what we were told to believe in. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that one of the most important things that we can do is actually take some time, some moments here and there and actually see like, where, where can I, where can I pull another layer off? Where can I dive deeper? Where can I, it's like living is one of the most amazing freaking things. It's just like, it is like the most amazing freaking thing to be human and to live, not just have a life, but to freaking live. And living also means looking at all of the shit, including all of the beauty, because there, believe it or not, is beauty in the shit. <laughs> and sometimes we don't see the shit that's with the beauty, right? And so to me, that's what, that's what creating a life that is so memorable and so meaningful so that when you lie your head down on, you know, whenever you're at whatever age passing away, you're looking at it and going, oh my God, like that was, that was freaking fun. That was freaking fun. Even in the moments where I didn't think it was, mm-hmm. it created the moment after that, that was that much more amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, what really matters when you get to your deathbed? Yep. I ask myself, so that's actually one of the important questions that I ask myself when I'm feeling super stressed. And I mean, we're launching a lot of stuff right now. And so, and, you know, and I do have a lot of stuff on my, on my plate. I hate that term though, but there is a lot of stuff happening right now, right? There's just a lot of stuff. I'm like, I have a smorgasbord happening right now (laughs) and I can only eat so much at one time. Um, and I actually ask myself, I, I ask myself like what I've, I feel like, I don't know where this number came from. I was out in nature, of course, and I had the number 108. And I didn't even think about it until one of my friends um, who's a meditation instructor and she works on the retreats with me sometimes. And she said to me, you know, there's 108 beads in the mala and there's 108 beads in, yeah. And I was like, wait, what? And in the rosary, there's 108. And I didn't even know that. I was like, no kidding. Well, look at that. <laughs> but I, I've always had this feeling that I was going to live to 108. And I asked myself, what would my 108-year-old self say about how I'm living right now in this moment? What would my 108-year-old self say? Would she be proud of me? Or would she be like, girl, <laughs> why are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. you know? Oh my God. It's a really good question to ask yourself. 
Um, especially in the moments that you are feel like you're spiraling, it just makes you take a breath and say, wait, does this, does this really matter right now? Is this Mm -hmm. really that important? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I, yes, I am um, just learning this one every day. Mm. (laughs) I still am too. I I still am Whoa. Yeah. The more that you expand your energy in the world, the more you have to be a really good steward of your energy. Yes. And so I really, um, I sort of, you know, hear, hear that in everything that, that you're saying, like nothing is worth you not really enjoying your life. Right. 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 Absolutely. Mm. Um, well, I'm wondering, um, just as we start to wind down, um, what would you, uh, what would you say to someone who, um, you know, maybe they have like they're present to some sexual trauma or, or other types of trauma that feels really deep. And they're like, I don't, you know, uh, where, where, where from here? What would you say to what them? What do I do? What do I do when I've had all of this happen? Yeah, or yeah, or somebody that's sort of like, I don't know. I, I feel like not fully alive. Maybe there's something under there. I can't quite tell. What would you yeah. say? You know, I um I would say that uh the most important part is to give yourself a lot of fear self-compassion. Mm-hmm. Just freaking love yourself first, right? Get to know yourself intimately in every way first. Um, And remember that you are not alone at all. Um, You know, remember that there are a lot of other people going through what you're going through. And, you know, it's funny because I had this talk with my OB recently. She was checking me out and everything. And I said, so like, just tell me if it looks okay down there. I asked her. I'm like, just tell me it looks okay. Okay. Can you just like when you're up there, just like check around a little bit and make sure it's all right? I said I've experienced a lot and I just want to know from that standpoint. It was very funny the conversation that we had about sex and like the whole nine yards. I'm 47. Like this happened not that long ago. Yeah. And um, and she asked me, she said, Why, why are you bringing this up? And I said, because my girl at 17 never had the courage to ask. And I know now I'm even going to start crying having Mm -hmm. that. This is the first time I've brought this up, even talked about it. But Mm -hmm. I think that we have when we when we're going through anything that's that difficult, where we feel like our body isn't doing what it needs to be doing or we're, you know, like we judge ourselves in the moment when we're being intimate with somebody, however that looks, however intimacy looks with somebody, right? If it's Mm. being held or if it's having sex or making love or doing the whole thing, we, when we've gone through something that traumatic and we feel like our body has been used, Mm. it's really easy to discard yourself, right? Mm. And, or to throw it underneath the rug and just say, okay, why that was like, it's so shameful. I don't want to look at it. And so, you know, me at 47, when I went in for my annual exam and I just sat with her and I was like, this is 
hard for me to bring up, but I want to talk to you about this. And just having somebody hear me and to see me as the woman who I am today, but then also to have that conversation from my 17 year old self and say, can you just also like speak to her? Right. Like just speak to her too. And she's like, oh no, girl, you are totally fine down there. And I'm like, yes. Okay. That's all I needed to know. Um, and there were multiple reasons for that, you know, going through childbirth three times, I, it, 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 I ripped my first time, the second time they had to cut the third time was traumatic. And so, you know, you start to wonder like, like what's really like, there's so much trauma that happens even in the birthing process. Um, and it's just good to sometimes have somebody that you can ask, Hey, is everything okay? Right. (laughs) Is everything okay? Can you look, is everything okay? Give me your thoughts. And I will tell you across the board Mm. that with all of you, whomever is listening and needs to hear this, everything is okay. Everything is okay. Um, yeah. Oh, Sarah, thank you so much. Wow. You are such a gift. Well, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yes. Oh, well, tell us, um, for those, for my listeners who might be curious about what are these nature retreats (laughs) where we dive deep. Um, Imagine five days of this. Yeah. (laughs) We laugh a shit. We laugh so much on these retreats. I always say cry (laughs) and then refill with laughter. Like that's always my thing. So yeah, yeah, you can find me on my website, sarahsholtoncrans.com. I'm on social media at sarahsholtoncrans, Facebook, um, Instagram. I don't tweet too much just because I just don't, I, whatever, whatever. Like I can't, I can only do so much. Right. Um, and then, yeah. So, and then if you want to watch any of the documentary, it's at walkthroughthis.com. Um, Mm -hmm. you can also find the links on my website. My book is out on Amazon. It's in all bookstores, Barnes and Noble, local bookstores, all the things. Um, And then also my retreats. Yeah, we do three months of coaching and then we do the the coaching online every week. Um, And then we also do uh, five days. It's either five or six days, depending on the retreat in the Grand Canyon, um, where we actually hike down in and we spend either two or three nights at the bottom at Phantom Ranch. And we do everything from meditating, coaching, adventuring, hiking. We laugh, we cry, we jump in creeks, we jump in the river. We go to waterfalls and we just have a lot of fun healing because healing does not have to suck, by the way, <laughs> it does not have to suck. Like there is a really fun way to do this. We hike out and we are completely transformed and it's an amazing foundation for your future. So, um, we do that as well. And then, yeah, I mean, we're launching a lot of stuff right now. Um, can I share? Cause it's actually, yeah. cool. oh, so, it's actually really cool. We, I partnered with, um, be kind, humankind, which is a division of my Saint, my hero. Um, I've been wearing their bracelets and their jewelry all through my trauma recovery. And we did, we created a seven stones of forgiveness, um, bracelet, uh, made with, um, uh, blue stones, which represents the water and then, uh, earth colored stones, which was represents the earth. 
And every blue stone is a step in your healing. So you actually take it out into nature or use it inside. It's totally fine too. And you sit in meditation and every stone has an affirmation that goes with it. So there's seven affirmations that go with the Mm -hmm. bracelet. And what's beautiful about this piece is that they're strung in Uganda by women and they give back to education um, in Uganda. And so at some point I'll be going there with them and, um, actually sitting with the women that are stringing, who are actually creating these bracelets for us. Mm-hmm. So you can go to be kind to humankind and purchase yours. And it's a beautiful way to connect with those people who are also wearing your bracelet, right? Wow. And then we're launching a um, apparel line as well. It's all um, quotes um, from inspired by the trail. And so that's on my website. We're launching that on Earth Day in a couple of days. So it'll be out. Yeah. So it's really, it's really a cool apparel line full of like all of the, all of the, um, the quotes that I have used in my trauma recovery over the last seven years put onto clothing as a reminder to yourself and when you wear them. So I love that. I know all the things, all the things there's just so many, we are going to do a retreat in Alaska actually in July, at the end of July as well. Kayaking. That's more of like, um, for those people that are more of a water. This is the first time I've done this more of a water kind of person, um, instead of hiking. And so we're going to be doing all coaching, um, stopping and camping and, uh, I was out of Whittier, which is going to be really cool. So kayaking up to you should come. (laughs) I know it's going to be really neat. I'm a water person too. So that's going to be really fun. Wow. I'm just, um, yeah, you never know. I might just be showing up on one of these retreats one day. (laughs) They're so fun. There's so much fun on top of it. We all need to continue on this journey, right? No, that's, I'm like, I, I'm, I'm just getting started here. Five years. That's why I still go. I'm, I'm hiking the high Sierra trail again this year for eight days and I can't wait. So I still do it too. Amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for uh, for being here today, Sarah. I just appreciate you. Well, thank you for having me on. This was so much fun, as always. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening in today. If you got something from this episode, please share it with someone in your life and pop on over to iTunes to give us a five-star review. I'm so committed to more people custom creating their sex, relationships, and lives from desire. And this podcast is a big part of that. If you have ideas for the show or want to learn more about working with me as a coach, head on over to my Instagram at Kaylin McDuff or my website, kaylinmcduff.com. See you next time.